It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Today I pose the question, what do you miss about Mike Zimmer? Let's meet the rest of the guys. Luke Inman, Superior Sports Talk, begging you to smash the over this week in the Vikings-Lions matchup. Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, and I'm here to tell everybody it's time to move on from the past. Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network, and I get to make everybody mad, not just Vikings fans. That's the group today. Ron Johnson joins later. It's the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. Plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome into the Minnesota Football Party. I am Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Find me on Twitter. Get in my mentions at Sam Ekstrom. Joined by Superior Sports Talks Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman. Arif Hassan, now of Pro Football Network at Arif Hassan NFL. And Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Vikings postcast at Luke Braun NFL. Arif, uh, official congratulations on the job change. Uh, your new story released today. Are people already mad at you? Oh, 100%. I love it. <laughs> got to embrace it. You <laughs> right on brand, it. baby. Right on brand. Now, this is – tell people where to find you. This is a free enterprise or is this a subscription-based? Do I have to pay now to read you again? Uh, you do not have to pay, although if you want to Venmo me, by all means, go ahead. Uh, Arif Dashasan on Venmo. Uh, but <laughs> no, the, the stories are free over on Pro Football Network. Uh, I think it was like 99 <laughs> or 98% of the content is 100% free. Um, there is a Pro Football Network pass. That's where you can find um, your fantasy football rankings, some of the waiver wire stuff. And then every year they release a draft guide. Uh, sorry, we release a draft guide. I'm not part of the draft team. So they and we release a draft guide. Um, that's also behind uh, the PFN pass. And uh, I think that subscription's worth it. Obviously, it puts money in my pocket, so I'm motivated to say that. But also, I've been able to look behind the behind the door of what's in that subscription. It's a bunch of great content. But if you want to read my articles, uh, I believe all of them are free. And if not, I'll let you know. Sounds good. Um, athletic.com, how to nope. cancel. Pro football. Sub- no. Pro football. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. John Krasinski, <laughs> Alec Lewis, we love him. Uh so Luke Inman, Luke Braun, Arif Hassan, Sam Ekstrom uh, coming at you with endless Vikings talk for the next hour on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Hey, you can find us, by the way, on Amazon Fire and Roku apps now. Super cool feature, Amazon Fire and Roku, as well as the free and available podcast apps or YouTube. Uh, let's jump into a little Thursday morning quarterback mode, gentlemen. Looking back at Philly, maybe you've watched the film. What is lingering for you other than the stench of the offensive performance and the defensive performance early on um, and probably the beer that's lingering in that Philadelphia parking lot? I've been there. It reeks. Uh, What lingers for you, Luke Enman, from that game? 
Well, I, I think the dream is we look back and say it turned out the Eagles, maybe they're just really, really good football team. And we just went into Philly riding high off that Packers game and got snake bit. I think it was probably important for us to understand this team's against a better litmus test than like the Eagles who weren't missing their three starting offensive linemen. I think that game did confirm some worrying doubts we had having the right cornerbacks to be able to run that Fangio cover one scheme. They need Andrew Booth Jr. back and they need him not to just get on the field. They need him to play well because right now I think their starting three is just not going to be able to hold up and allow Ed Donatel to be able to open up that playbook, run the disguises and looks that makes his scheme successful. And then I think, you know, for as bad as Kirk played, as horrible as the pocket awareness decision-making was not discrediting that. I mean, you can't play any worse than that. I think just in general as a whole, I think this is such a different offense than what we've ran in the past, what he's used to, so many different moving parts, variables that go into every play, the pre-snap motion, the the new verbiage, et cetera. It was maybe foolish to think that they were going to come right out the gate without a little bit of a learning curve. What works well? What doesn't? Like maybe don't run 67 screen passes a game if the Eagles are sniffing them out, you know? Uh, Again, though, I think we can hopefully the dream is look back and say flat out, Eagles just turned out to be one of the best teams in the NFC. And it was a huge learning moment for them. They're not invincible. They've still got plenty of work to do, plenty of things to get better at that. But hopefully they can rally around a loss like that and, you know, make the necessary changes moving forward that kind of fit the strengths of this personnel specifically. I can't get over Ed Donatel bringing a Madden playbook. I mean, it it was like the (laughs) spot drop, like old school covers. It felt like I was watching like a 20. What was the like real it was bad a sh- I think officially year. called a shell. A shell was what Troy Aikman referred to. Yeah, a shell like, coverage. A word that everybody knows and uses here in the year of our Lord. To describe a specific kind of coverage that helps us understand yes. what's happening more, for sure. Helpful nomenclature. I don't know. I, the, the, th- the reasons the defense fell apart in the first half, I, I think right like coming right off the game, it felt like, man, Ed Donatel just didn't put his players in a position to win. And then you look at the tape, it's like, oh, and also they screwed up a million times. There were a whole bunch of miscommunications. And it there's a lot to fix. <laughs> but I think all in all coming off this game for the coaches, specifically for O'Connell and Donatel in a play calling sense, is a bit of a welcome to the NFL kind of thing. Like for O'Connell, it was a welcome to the NFL kind of moment because he thought I, I, it looked like he drew up a game plan that was built to beat a bunch of zone, zone match coverage. There were a bunch of horizontal stretches, um, a lot of spacing and stuff. And the Eagles weren't as afraid to man up and just like to go man to man as O'Connell thought. And mm-hmm. he just kind of got figured out. And that's the lesson learned. Come with a backup plan. Yeah, the man coverage percentage, I think, is lowest in the NFL, and the zone coverage percentage is highest in the NFL. Kevin Seifert tweeted that one out. You know what games that game reminded me of? 2018 at the Rams, 2021 against the Cardinals last year, where it's early in the season. There's this other team that hasn't really done much to that point, and they kind of just hit you with an offense that you're kind of experiencing a little bit for the first time, like of that iteration. It's another team with like a lot, like young quarterback, a lot of vigor, um, a lot of excitement around them. And you kind of just get hit in the face with some new stuff that they're doing and stuff that you haven't seen before. 
That's what it felt like. And I know that neither of those teams won the Super Bowl. In fact, the Cardinals kind of fell off the face of the earth last year. But it had that kind of feeling to me where those are going to be forces to be reckoned with for most of the season. And I think that Philadelphia is probably going to be a force this season. Arif, would you agree with that? Um, I would say that the evidence for that actually comes from week one for Philadelphia and less from week two, just because I think the Vikings played so poorly, we didn't learn anything positive or negative about the Eagles. And that's not meant to dunk on the Eagles. I have no idea if they're any better or worse after that game. Yeah, I just think like that they showed them. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that they showed a lot in the Lions games. There's a bunch of evidence that they're good. But uh, just the, the Vikings just did <clears throat> such a poor job that I don't think we learned much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Eagles, especially if uh, if Jalen Hurts, you know, continues to play at a high level, um, the, the Eagles are going to be one of the better offenses in the NFL. The thing is, like, in this upcoming Lions game might be a good example of it. I don't know that we even have enough information after two weeks to say we know much about these teams because I think the Lions, who are among the league leaders, if not the league leader in points right now, have an unsustainable offense. And I think the Eagles might be – I'm not going to say they're in the same category because there's a lot of things I like about that offense that I think are sustainable. But the Eagles might have a come-to-home moment where instead of being an elite offense, they're – in above average offense and that defense is going to have to sharpen up a little bit. So I don't know, but uh, you know, to, to say stuff about the Eagles would be really difficult right now, just like it would have been difficult to say stuff about that Cardinals team um, in week two, because we learned a lot as the season went on about what the Cardinals couldn't, couldn't do. They couldn't complexify the offense as the season went on. That was one of the uh, several problems. Um, the other problem of course was video games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to figure out. Sorry, that's just one of the funniest storylines I've ever heard. It's just, it's just hard <laughs> to figure his out what those Eagles are. I mean, he looks like he's six, so right, yeah, he runs I mean, like he's six years old. So maybe they just, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to hold a child's attention away from video games for too long. So many bright lights. Yeah. It's... Um, As a, a father of a two and a half year old, crazy how they understand like technology and iPads and screens and video games at this age. It's built it's into their learning process. It's crazy. Yeah. So I kind of need to... I don't have the fire going today. We're doing a little bit of work back there. But, Whoa. Whoa, but you know, stuff. if if the fire was going back there, oh. excuse the exercise ball, pretend that there are flames. Sure. Um, you don't need to see my kids rocking horses. We'll turn it back. Um, this is kind of a hot take. Now, I'm not talking about career. I'm not talking about Sir, ceiling. did you point to an empty fireplace <laughs> to set up a hot take? A fireplace that was it's not representative. on for that pun? <laughs> what? Just, it's the theater of the mind. I showed you the box. Now, now pretend the fireplace is off. Imagine there's flame. Audio listeners are having the time of their life. <laughs> and YouTube listeners are uh, just smashing that just like button, subscribing, right. commenting. <laughs> Everybody's gone. They're all logged off. It's over. Does anyone want to hear the take at this point? I think you do. Stick around. Absolutely. Um, Can't be as good as the fireplace, but yeah, let's go. <clears throat> Sam, Johnny... you mentioned that. Hold on, just real quick, because Sam mentioned the 2018 Rams Vikings game. Hold on, I, I, this just blew my. I had to look up the box score. Does there anybody? Can don't, anybody? Don't guess hold who on. Scored? Hold on. You're gonna hold ruin my nerdy game? stat of the day. Yeah. My nerdy stat of the day revolves around this game, so it I does? want you to tread lightly here. Okay. What are you going to say? You can say it. Go oh, ahead. No, say I, was, it. I was just going to say, can anybody remember? Does anybody remember? Can anybody guess who scored two uh, receiving touchdowns for the Vikings that game? 
Aldrick Robinson. The Rams game? Yep. Yeah. Aldrick Robinson. Look at that. What a name drop. And Didn't I believe ruin he my ran the stat wrong of the day route on at least one of them. A hundred percent. Yes, correct. Yeah. Luke, I think we were doing that broadcast from Lucky's live during that game and mm-hmm. just in some serious emotional pain. Mm. So is Johnny Munt better than Irv Smith? At blocking. Uh, at yeah, football. There's, we, we could have this discussion. Well, no. I mean, like, who would you rather have on the field, Braun? Johnny Munt or Irv Smith? Irv. I'm talking right Irv now. Smith. Right okay, now. So Definitely Irv Smith. Runs a better route. But you, you, you have to acknowledge faster, can run a clear an out. argument for this hot take, right? If you, if you care more about blocking in tight ends than anything else, then sure. But I don't think anybody does. Well, I mean, but even as a receiver, like, uh, so, so Johnny Munt is not going to get you a 30-yard reception, right? Uh, <laughs> Irv Smith's like going to drop you one. Johnny Munt's route tree is pretty limited. It is. He can run like a return and a spot, and that's about it. Like he would, can be a part. He's, he's got as much Hunter receiving Renfro prowess as like Braylon Edwards. Would you rather have Hunter Renfro or Braylon Edwards? I don't have an opinion on either of those players. I don't even know what you're trying to draw here. I'm just saying, Braylon Edwards had a complete route tree, phenomenal route runner, incredible athlete, stone hands. Hunter Renfro, limited route tree, great hands. Does Hunter Renfro have a limited route tree? I didn't even know that. I mean, he's incredible at those routes, but are you going to send him on a nine? I have no idea. Like he's he's east and west guy. He's not like north and south guy. What yeah, playbook are you using? Are you using the Madden playbook or not? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, yeah. that Hunter Renfro. Irv Smith's a lot is... more dynamic. And okay, you're getting not, I just did a much higher ceiling with Irv, but, but right, I, get, I understand. A resta- with... Johnny Munt is a more well-rounded tight end. Is that is that the argument you're making? And not even. Can Johnny Munt be Tyler Conklin? Smith. Mm-hmm. Tyler Conklin no, was pretty darn good. Tyler Conklin. I don't think he's, Tyler Conklin no. caught like twenty yard outs at times. Um, if I'm I having a tight end that... run a dig route on the backside, Irv Smith gets separation on that twice as often. I, I did he get separation? Way more he trust Irv Smith he was, to get open. He was locked up yes. by DJ Edwards. Locked up on that shallow cross. He had to chip on that play. Yeah. And the other one, he was cutting into inside left. I've, I've seen like, I've seen Kyle Rudolph chip thrown. on plays and get and get separation on crossers. Man, that's not. <laughs> that's... Hey, okay, so I'll, I'll say that the Vikings should continue to give Irv Smith chances, right? I think that that what he did against the Eagles is not the totality of his career, but I think it's worth having the conversation about whether or not you know it's better to have Johnny Month on the field. Right now, I think it's probably better to have Irv Smith on the field, but I want to say that there's definitely rooms for uncertainty on that question. Snaps for, through the first two games, 68-53 to 53 in favor of Johnny Munt. Irv Smith did not have a leg injury, guys. Like It's not like his conditioning should be that far off. This is a move that's because of some perception of talent, I think. Uh, I think it's coaching a lot of matchups. Yeah, it's it's twelve person. Their twelve personnel is Johnny Munt and Ben Ellison because they want those guys to be on double teams against edge rushers. Which, yeah, that's a knock on Herb Smith's blocking, but that, like that's what it's, it's about. If I need a tight end to get open, I'm giving it to Herb Smith. Herb Smith gets open more often than Johnny Munt. Full stop. Okay, um, okay. Final thing before we move on from this topic. Um, I have one more thing on this topic as well. To, oh sure. 
if you if you wanted to design an offense that puts that tight end on the field that allows you to be versatile enough to either block or run a route, right? So you go up to the line, you see that there's, you know, seven in the box to your eight, so you decide to run, or you go up to the line and see that there's, um, you know, eight in the box to your eight, so you decide to throw a pass. You need to make that audible at the line based on the personnel that you have because there's 15 seconds left on the play clock, um, or you need to kill or whatever it is you need to do. Um, which tight end do you want out there so that you can make that call so you can both run and catch? I think both me and the Vikings want Irv Smith because Irv Smith's the one playing in 11 personnel, I believe, more often. But I want I want Irv Smith because they didn't run the ball I do more there. Was and... not part of the, the, the plan was not to audible in and out of runs against Philly. They did audible into one. Um, the... oh, that they had some weird it. moments <laughs> at the line of scrimmage in that game. That's sure. another take. Uh, I I will take in that, especially at the tight end position, I will take Irv Smith with the wider ar- array of abilities in the pass game. If it means a little bit less blocking, I'm okay with that. Um, to your like Braylon Edwards, Hunter Renfro thing, probably a little bit different with a wide receiver. But for a yeah. tight end, <clears throat> with, with a tight end, I want somebody who, like I want a tight end that can be the deep route in a progression that puts way more stress on a defense. Um, and somebody that can get separation more often. Like, it, did you watch Johnny Munt run a return route? It it looked like Kyle Rudolph today. Like, it is slow and not, it's not going to get away from What people. are you trying to say? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with Luke. Like, the answer is Irv, but I, I totally understand the argument in the case that Arif's making that Munt clearly a better blocker, maybe a little bit more versatile, but the ceiling for sure is higher with Irv, clearly. <clears throat> so I I think you can communicate with us, Matt, from from the studio back in Hartford, Connecticut. Did Irv Smith's dropped touchdown cost you your fantasy win last week? No, <laughs> no, because you lost by a ton, or because you won by a ton? No, because I won by a ton. But he's on oh, the okay. bench from now on. Yeah. yeah. Because that could have been a massive Irv fantasy day. That could have been two TDs, one of them like 50 yards or more. That could have been like a 20, 25 point Irv day. But you guys dropped it. I picked three the Vikings guys just because of that. And now Dalvin Cook barely gets anything either. So thanks. So is is Kevin O'Connell really one of these guys that doesn't do play action because the run isn't established? Is that another Philly takeaway? Because they barely He's did play action. He's been saying for years. He said all the time KOC's in Washington been saying when that? he was the offensive coordinator. Yeah, when Bill Callahan wanted to run to establish the run, he was like, I'd like to set establish the pass to set up the pass. He's not been shy about it. I don't yeah, know if we're I answering actually... the same question. Um. I, Luke's doing it in a roundabout way. I think okay. uh, he's saying that in order to do stuff like play action, you don't really need to establish the run because you can use the pass as your focal point and then work everything off of that. Um, I When we asked Kevin O'Connell that uh, yesterday, he gave a tremendously unclear answer. It was very annoying. Because um, <laughs> mostly he talked about like pressing and point differential for like the first half of the answer. <clears throat> Then he finally got to like play pass at the end and it was just like a nothing burger. Um, no, I, I think that he had a plan for what would be the best way to attack the Philadelphia defense and he overfocused on that plan. I think that in the past when you've seen, you know, Matt Stafford um, or Jared Goff, 
uh, engage in like play action passing. They haven't, a lot of the best play action passes come before the run has become a big part of what they were doing in that game. So it doesn't seem like that's a tendency that they have. Uh, plenty more to come on today's show, including are you a believer in Detroit's resurgence? The nerdy stat of the day. We've got our gambling picks for the week and Ron Johnson joins as well. Reminder, subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota for this show, as well as Superior Sports Talk, The Ron Johnson Show, and Instant Reaction Postcasts after Vikings, Wolves, Wild, and Twins games. Luke Braun, host of the Locked On Vikings Postcast. We've got Lions Talk around the corner, but before we get to that, let me tell you that BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Pro and college football team matchups, news podcasts, articles, analysis, really whatever you need at betonline.net. You can check out the Gophers-Spartans line for this weekend. Gophers are favored by a field goal. Uh, Vikings are favored by six against the Lions. That line's not moving too much, that game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Get up-to-the-minute lines on all of these games at betonline.net. And it's not just NFL. It's MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf as well. Amongst other sports, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Arif, you think the Lions are frauds. Uh, you didn't have the courage to tell Matt Derry to his face, so uh, tell him behind his back. Why are the Lions frauds? I hadn't, I hadn't broken down the Lions by then, first of all. Second, um, I just think that the offense is unsustainable. I think they're a good team. I think that they're playing like a great team, right? So frauds in, in some sense of the word. Um, but I will say, like, the the things that stand out to me are every kind of element of evaluating, like, say, run blocking, because they're a run first team. Every element of run blocking evaluation will tell us that the Lions are not killing everybody with extremely sound run blocking. You take a look at PFF grades, um, their offensive lines run blocking grades are kind of average. You take a look at run block win, break from, uh, win rate from ESPN, it's not astounding. You take a look at SIS run block points gained, it's not astounding, right? Yet, DeAndre Swift is averaging 10 yards a game, or 10 yards a carry, sorry, 10 yards a game, 10 yards a carry, and uh, 5.35 or, or, or 4.75, whatever, yards before contact, right? Which is just stunning me um so what's the deal what's going on i think it's because the lions are running um a really complex uh, run blocking scheme that over time people will be able to break down a lot of traps a lot of random pulls pulls from players that don't typically pull you've got you know tackles pulling guards pulling um you've got counters with pulls going to the right direction counter tray stuff that you see from oklahoma um you call me going into monologue mode luke was going into monologue mode at the very beginning of the show i didn't see any chiron all right matt <laughs> but the yeah, they, they do a bunch of yeah they do a bunch of really complex stuff that i think will get broken down the problem of course is that the run blocking may not be phenomenal on an individual perspective but it's going to get better because people like jonah jackson and frank rag now are going to get healthy again so um there are there are some opportunities for them to to gain back some of the unsustainable games they'd already had lions resurgence here's the deal turn that fire up baby I'm a believer. Here's the deal. Seriously, I'm a believer from where the bar has been set the past, what, two decades compared to now. Yeah, they're clearly improved. And, and win or lose, uh, fans should be excited. If you're a Lions fan, you should be excited because at least they're going to give you a show. They're, they've been putting up points. Now, it's, when you've been this bad for, what, 20-plus years, there's only one place to go. You can't get any worse than starting off the season 
0-10-1 last year like they did uh, in 2021. I think Dan Campbell has them heading in the right direction to maybe be a 500 ball club, which, again, I think most Lions fans will take that at this point. They finished last season 3-3. Three and three. They're 1-1 one and one this season, 4-4 four and four in their last eight games, uh, in part because uh, Arif's right. That, that offense, although it may not be sustainable, they've averaged 34.5 points per game in their last six matchups. The offense can put up points. The defense still clearly way behind their biggest weakness. Aiden Hutchinson will probably help. Three sacks this season. Josh Pascal should be off the pup soon. That'll help. They're building their team, though, in the right fashion, the right way, through the trenches, first and foremost. Arif mentioned an outstanding offensive line uh, because they've invested so many early picks in them. And now Hutch and Pascal, maybe the defense can follow suit. And then when you can hit on a couple day three picks like Blake Rodrigo, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown in the sixth round like they have, it just makes things so much easier from a team building standpoint. Lions are much improved. They'll be fun the entire season scoring a lot of points, but until they get the defense figured out, I think they're capped at 500 at best for now, which again, if you're a Lions fan, still a huge improvement from what you've been used to. Yeah, a lot of unsustainable I stuff like there on that offense too, right, Luke? I mean, 50-yard runs are not going to happen every week. Passing game still leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, and once we get past, you know, the first, like, month of the season, that stuff tends to level out, and we aren't so... Because right now, our only information is two games, right? But I feel like with the Lions, how much of their excitement... And I'm kind of genuinely asking... How much of their excitement is that they're better than they've always been? And how much of their excitement is that they're actually a real team? Like, are we just like, oh, my God, they're going to be 7-10. and 10. How lucky for them. Or are we actually saying this team has a shot at, like, being a playoff team? Because right. that's right. a way the bigger The bar has been set so to... low. Yeah. The yep. former. Yeah. It's the former. Part of it is, We're all like, is this is adorable. People... Right. Eric people want to get the hashtag it's, campaign it's like going. <laughs> Almost. Well, I mean, so there's two reasons I think people want to ship for the Lions. One is that they've constantly been beaten up, right? They're, they've just been this this broken franchise that, you know, hasn't... I don't think they made the playoffs this decade, right? The last time was 2010. Um, like, so it was like 12, no, 13, it was 14, more 2016. recent. 2014? Okay. Oh, the versus um, Cowboys? Yeah, they, they got screwed, Cowboys. screwed on a pass interference. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it's been a while since they made the playoffs enough that I forgot when they last made the playoffs. <laughs> Obviously, that's like one reason. The other reason is that everyone likes Dan Campbell and we just want him mm-hmm. to succeed. Like, you know, that's he's true. just a giant, like puppy dog, right? Everyone wants Dan Campbell to do well. And so I think seeing that actually happen, uh, it, it warms something in our cynical hearts. Was that a real quote I saw of Campbell? Not like a Rasta pasta account where he's like, I spent Monday That's night like drunk in my chair. That's fake. That's no fake. Are, well, I mean, I can't confirm sure? that it's fake, but you give me betting odds, fake. Okay, so if I Twitter search Dan Campbell drunk, for it. Dan Campbell. This is from Detroit Lions fans, Detroit Sports Nation. Dan Campbell admits to getting drunk scouting the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Pretty sure it's real. No. No. Quote God, Dan Campbell says he scouted the Vikings on Monday Night Football by getting fall over in his chair drunk. Just seeing a bunch of people repeating it doesn't tell you that it's real. Have you found a verified account yet? I'm looking for something. No, here's another one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Yeah, I I found another tweet. Guys. I don't know. (laughs) It's right here. So here's a sports radio guy in Detroit. Just post whatever you want. 
Normally, like any fan would, I fell over backwards in my chair drunk after the second half. I couldn't even take notes anymore. <laughs> Woke up, couldn't read my notes. But I'm back in this morning, took some aspirin, we're good. That's a Just legit guy. screams blue-collar Detroit head coach, doesn't sports, it? This is their guy. Okay, so, so the account that made it go viral is, I think, a fake account. Will Birchfield? Yeah, do you do you do you know? Have you heard Will Birchfield on ninety seven won the ticket? Have you heard his stuff on radio? Do you, have not you? had the pleasure. No, that's what I'm saying. He's fo- He's followed by legit people. I, I don't listen to local Detroit radio. <laughs> right, I'm just saying we. I I cannot confirm that this is. It, it, a bunch of people might find him funny, right? I don't know. I'm mm. so disappointed if this is not true. Sam, you know well, how Twitter works, right? Like, I, I cannot <laughs> emphasize enough that you can put whatever you want in your bio. Right, I, I put have to... a Kansas City Chiefs co-owner in my bio for like a year and a half. Oh, congrats, man. I don't own the Luke. Oh. oh. What? Because <laughs> of, of the... It's not you real. You can do anything. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. okay, there we go. We're learning. Nerdy stat of the day. Um... I've got one that I want to get out before anyone else steals it because Luke tried to. Nerdy stat of the day. Jared Goff has one perfect passer rating in his career versus the Vikings in 2018 as a member of the Rams. Does anyone want to guess his yardage in that game? Because it was absurd. Like total yardage? Yeah. Uh, Random guess, 382. I want to say it was over 400. It was like 450 or something. Oof. 383. It was like insane. It broke Mike Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> broke Anthony Barr, broke Mike Zimmer, broke John Filippo, even though he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, 465 yards, five touchdowns yeah. in Woo! that game. Yep. 465? Yikes. Okay. Zim got solved. Mm. Found a way to get Cooper Cup on Anthony Barr, and everybody thought that meant Barr was bad. Uh, Robert Woods, right? No, it was it was Cup no, on, a, on like a, it was everybody. Cup had a seventy oh, you know and a like eighteen yarder, <laughs> and then I think Woods had one too though as well. Yeah, Woods had. I know Woods Todd Gurley. So, yeah. Right. So yeah, so Barr came up three touchdowns, zone. one to Woods, one to Cup maybe, and definitely one to Gurley because uh, mm-hmm. Gurley always ran an angle route on that play, and then that play he decided yes. not to, and so so Barr yes. kind of the yeah. angle route, and honestly, I. I cannot blame Barr for any of those touchdowns. Not at all. I no. wasn't even just mad. So wrong, no. man. Yeah, folks sure did. Oh yeah, people mm-hmm. somehow talked themselves into Eric Wilson being better for like two years. Safety. He Eric was coasting. Wilson. Eric yeah. Wilson was pretty was good coasting. in twenty twenty. Uh, uh, nerdy stats of the day. <laughs> Who's got one? Uh, well, ever since Reef one... blessed us with the, I, I got it just real quick because my, mine's. I mean, we know I'm not that big of a nerd, guys, and I'm basically just. I've become That's obsessed right. with the pass run, a uh, pass rush win rate. Uh, ever since Arif, uh showed us that Sam, apparently we were living in a cave because this is just like normal stuff. This isn't even that cool. Everybody, everybody gets this. <laughs> Updated through two weeks, Brian O'Neill ranks top ten in run block win rate. Run blocking. Uh, run blocking. Quick, yeah. Quick snap. 
Yahoo! Quick snapshot where the Vikings team ranks pass rush win rate, just 25th in the league at 33%. Not great. Run stop win rate, just 24th in the league at 27%. Team pass block win rate, check this out, Vikings rank 7th in the NFL. And team run block win rate, Vikings rank 14th. So, Obviously, getting gashed by the Eagles has skewed some of these rankings for the Vikes, but obviously defensively being in the bottom seven and eight and pass rush and run stop win rate, not what you want. Hopefully these revert back to the mean a little bit after this game with the Lions. I'm so proud Luke's using real nerd stats that matter. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Pretty soon he's going to have glasses. Oh, my God. I, he's growing. Where are you going? Promise. I'm going out. It's 1130. <laughs> Checking stats. Uh, that's great. Uh, I was going to use, uh, potentially any of those as my nerdy stat of the week, but I'm really glad Luke did, but I have some more because of course I do, uh, ranked number one in yards before contact Deandre Swift ranked number one in Mm. yards after contact Deandre Swift. Oh Oh, no. Ooh. Ranked 20th in uh run block win rate detroit lions um hmm. i'm wondering how much of this is deandre swift <laughs> that, that are you arguing that a running back matters i i'm wondering i am making uh supposition <laughs> you're just asking questions maybe... i'm just asking questions <laughs> no i i think that i think that both those numbers will go down, but the success rate will go up as they uh, as as they return um, those incredible stars. Also, uh, they want to get Logan Stenberg out of there, man. Like he plays like the way Dan Campbell wants people to play, but also he might be the worst pass protecting guard in the NFL right now. Um, mm. So they mm-hmm. they want to get Logan Stenberg out of there. Do we uh, now that we're on that topic? Do we have a uh, update as far as Frank Reg now, uh, Jonah Jackson, Taylor Decker? I saw they were all on the injury report yesterday. Um, uh, I anything believe more to Jonah from Jackson them? did not Any participate. Idea? Frank Ragnow was a limited participant, so I would expect to see him. Uh, okay. Sam, uh, I was only quickly glancing. What did you do? You have that in front of you? Yeah. Um, so the the DNPs yesterday. You mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ragnall limited foot and Jackson DNP finger. Okay, so great. nothing new today yet. We'll get that later, but they've got four guys, DNP, four guys limited and, um, one guy full. So yeah, much deeper injury list than the Vikings. They had, um, Booth Only and like Smith. two, right? Yeah. 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 Pretty healthy team. So I want you to think about Arif's numbers in as context for, the numbers I'm about to give you, which are the Vikings run Hmm. defense worst in the league DVOA worst in the league rush success rate allowed worst in the league at generating stuffed rate. I don't actually know what goes into that stat, but I see it everywhere. Worst in the league adjusted line yards. Part of this, this is a stat from Eric eager. uh, The Vikings use an average of 5.77 men in the box. So averaging lighter than a six-man box and they're the only team to average lighter than a six-man box part of this is schematic but not all of it it's a bad rush defense and this is arguably the best rush offense in the league whether it's because of deandre swift or because of using a lot more trap and like wham blocks than everybody else's so nobody's prepped for it uh that yeah, figures every, everybody's to be a prepped problem. for zone and then they and then they trap block mm. you it's so Dan Campbell. Like it's let's just hit you. 
<laughs> Screw this willy-nilly zone. Let's get outside. Yeah, but, nah, run, we're going straight up and land, down, The guy you're trying to block right in front of you. Just hit him in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got what a question. This? I've got a question now that the nerdy stats have been uttered. Has there been a point where you missed Mike Zimmer? Have you missed him uh, in-game? Yeah, third downs. Third downs? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the Vikings third were down God. allows 60 70% on third downs against the Eagles. Abysmal. Mike Zimmer would never let that happen. Or, I mean, he has occasionally let that happen, but rarely lets that happen. Yeah. Uh, just just bring him in that for, is, like, like... Uh, Thursday, third down day, and then, uh, and then he can call <laughs> the third down defense. I'm sure he would say yes to that. You do got to be curious, though, just like what, how, how Mike Zimmer would have attacked that game plan as far as, obviously, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, that whole running game, everything else. Um, who knows? I mean, I, I got to imagine it would have looked a lot different than what Ed Donatel deployed there Monday. Dude, there were, there I did were a little, some a little there were four players in the box. Mike Zimmer would never do that. That's insane. Yeah. That's unreal. I, I wrote in my diary. Against the Eagles! <laughs> about... What are we doing? things I miss about Mike Zimmer. Oh, I really poured my soul out. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe we can like dub in some emotional music. I miss his one word <laughs> answers. I miss his uh, defensiveness on Monday morning press conferences. I miss the angry post game. Oh, press you'll get conferences. it. I miss the push-ups he makes guys do during training camp. I miss the subtle shots at rookies conditioning. I miss <laughs> The annual mic'd up segment, which was always really good. I miss the team supplied baggy hoodie and sweats that were way too big that he would wear all the time. I miss unkempt Mike Zimmer after his team had lost several games in a row. I miss you, Mike. You, you'll get a lot of those things as... The honeymoon wears off here. Is KOC just going to go straight like Ron Burgundy beard after he loses his job? Like where he just grows it? <laughs> oh, 100%. Drinks, I, drinks I just, warm milk? I was really hoping you would do this in in the style of I Love Kanye from The Life of Pablo. I miss the old Zimmer straight from the go Zimmer. Chop up the soul Zimmer set on his goal Zimmer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, I, so that's what good. I think. The cadence was getting there, you know? Oh, so good. <laughs> That is beautiful. Yeezy Genius. Tommy. Oh, my God. Yeezy Tommy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Mike Look, Zimmer and There's Tommy always going to be stuff. There's always, always going to be stuff, stuff that the other guy was good at, that the, the new guy is. Like, they're different coaches with different skill sets. There's always going to be stuff that you might miss about the old guy. But mm -hmm. I, it's it's time to move on. It's, no, you're mistaken. It's not, you're mistaken, Luke. I miss him for better. the stuff he was bad at. Like, like yeah. speaking in public <laughs> and dressing. Yeah. It's time to move uh, on. We, it's okay. a new day. We're we're the obvious. Stop we're, thinking about your ex. What Worst about speaker, the uh... Mike Zimmer or Adam Zimmer? <laughs> Say again. Mike. Mike Zimmer Mike. or Adam Zimmer? Worst public speaker. Oh God. Mike. You think Mike? Adam? Adam could still string. Adam had a little bit of a. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't, and I don't want to like begrudge him for having a little stutter. He did have a little bit of that, but he could string together like some pretty good thoughts. Like consistent. Adam Zimmer looked better on the transcript, but in terms of commanding a room, Mike Zimmer easily. Yeah. Well, Mike Zimmer um, instilled yeah. crazy fear. Oh my God. <laughs> Sam, you missed. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's Mike great. Zimmer 
at his ranch, sensing the Eagles. Piling it on against the Vikings. That's a YouTube exclusive. Yeah, Sam, you miss the best one. Uh, Don't you miss Mike Zimmer and Chris Thomason getting at it, button heads? Oh, four days a week. That I do genuinely. We'll get there. Give it time. Don't we all? Give it time. Give it a couple more losses. Give it a playoff Mm -hmm. loss. Mm -hmm. So Eli Manning, Chad Powers, Penn State. You guys seen that? That video, Eli's places. Who hasn't seen it? Oh wait, the lives under. I haven't, but I have. Like I get it. I think I get it. Okay, he dresses up like a, a guy with long hair and mustache. Talks kind of funny, um, yeah, and goes to a Penn State tryout. The... <laughs> think fast, run fast. Think fast, run fast. Think fast, run fast. Eli Manning's is extremely cool, and it would be really cool if he was like an alumni of your favorite team or organization. Got me thinking: who is the coolest former Viking that pops up in media or pop culture today? I, I don't know where you guys are. At. John, Johnny Randall's great, right? Always on Twitter every Friday morning mm-hmm. about to tee off at the golf course. Uh, legit head-to-toe dripping in purple swag, purple knee-high socks, purple polo, purple hat. Got the big old stogie in his mouth. Um, that's the one that jumps out to me anyways right away. The most public say Randy one Moss. might, be, uh, might yeah. be Randy Moss. But personally, I, I find um, Alan Page's swag to be insanely cool. Tiny hat. Yes. Runs marathons. Has of course you would say call. Alan Page. That's so unoriginal. Yeah, of course I would. Just what? goes out to the corner and plays his Vikings tuba. Can you Dude's pick living. that would be original picks here? <laughs> I mean, you're just but a you lot of the like most like famous Viking. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Oh, Arif, yeah, the guy I mean... that you liked five years ago, you still like? How unoriginal to yourself? <laughs> you're really deriving <laughs> off your old works, Arif. The we opinions get it, that dude. you had are consistent. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, your priors gave you away on that one. I was expecting well, something but, more original. But you've, you've seen Alan Page like playing like trombone while in his like 1940s cruiser or whatever, right? Like that looks yeah. so cool. Okay, that's, I admit that's pretty baller. It. Yeah. Alan Page is pretty cool. He's Alan great. Page is pretty cool. cool. Let's move on. Let's move Adrian on. Peterson uh, just boxed Le'Veon Bell. Did you see that? Did you guys see that? We haven't talked about that, have we? Uh, sure yeah, I don't know that that would cool that be one. a good fit for this particular bit when we're asking about coolest former Vikings seeing a guy get knocked <laughs> out. Okay, you're that. right. You're right. How about – okay, you're right. How about Brett Favre? Mm, no. I've seen his name in the uh, news. Lately. Yeah, what's that about? What's next, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Jared Allen, when he pops up, it's pretty cool. Yeah, this Curling and stuff. That's always fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Ryan Rosen back here. here 96 questions. Hey, yeah, yeah. Doing some I, fishing I saw, stuff. Like, one of the bits. Yeah. Ron, hello, Ron. Ron, got Ron? please rescue hey. there he is. Ron Johnson of the Ron Johnson Show at three Ron Johnson on Twitter joins us now for his weekly appearance. Ron, um, I know that you know your dad played for the Steelers. You're kind of a Steelers guy back in the day. You're also a Detroit guy. Vikings played Detroit on Sunday. What kind of relationship did you have with the Lions growing up? Uh, I mean, I know Lomas Brown. He lived around the street from my dad, um, you know, Herman Moore. Um, but th- other than that, that was it. I really, I mean, I like Barry Sanders. I wore number 20 growing up, played running back. So I was a Barry Sanders fan, uh, but just wasn't a Lions fan. Uh, I-, I definitely wanted to see those guys do well, the guys that I knew. But other than that, that was about it. 
Yeah, it's it's got to be tough to be a diehard lifelong Lions fan to see what you what they've seen over the past several decades. Um, what do you make of where this Lions team is at right now, Ron? Uh, I mean, they, they're embracing what Detroit's about. If you think about, uh, you know, the bad boys back to Isaiah Thomas days, you think about Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, uh, you know, and that team with Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince. If they had drafted, I understand, I still don't understand to this day why they didn't just draft Carmelo Anthony. They would have had five championships by now. Um, but if you think about that type of basketball atmosphere, you think about Draymond Green, you know, and, and the, the Flint Stones, you know, the kids from Flint, that kind of like a, an extension of Detroit. It's just hard-nosed, bully ball. And that's what Dan Campbell's trying to get them back to is just, you know, beat your guy up on the field, you know, legally within the whistle. But if the whistle hasn't blown, take him 10, 10 feet down the field. Uh, if the whistle hasn't blown, push him out of bounds. Um, you know, if, if a guy's holding a guy up, I need 15 guys, you know, standing around celebrating him if he gets knocked out of bounds. I mean, that's the things that he's trying to get these guys to do is play for each other. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford had a great team, but for some reason they just didn't have that oomph. They never could really get over the hump. Um, I truly believe if Matthew Stafford probably played for Dan Campbell and the and the direction this defense is going, uh, I, I do think he probably, and I say win the Super Bowl, but I think he could have done some some interesting things with his mindset. Matthew Stafford just had some of the, um, you know, he had Jim Caldwell, which I think they never gave a shot, and then he had a couple terrible coaches after that. So. Uh, that's what the Lions are about, though. They're going to be hard-nosed, gritty. They're going to fight you. And uh, they want to embrace what the city is about, and it's blue-collar hard work. Hey, Ron, so much excitement made about this uh, 11 personnel, three wide receiver looks for the Vikings under KOC when he was hired. Is there any legitimate maybe substance or cause for concern why Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne haven't received more looks and gotten good targets? Or do you think this kind of balances itself out here over the next few weeks? Uh. It's a little bit of cause for alarm just for the simple fact of I haven't really looked at the all 22 to even see if they're open. Mm -hmm. um, they talked about scheming uh, guys open and, and what Cooper Cup did. I think the thing about Matthew Stafford was he's willing to hold the ball and, you know, get hit, throw the ball at the last minute. Uh, we haven't seen that just yet in this offense from Kirk Cousins. Uh, it feels like sometimes he feels rushed and throws not a great ball, just kind of like throw it up, let me not get hit. And so um, I, it might not be in them. It might not be in them to make some of those throws where some of these plays are late developing. Some of these plays, you have to kind of hold on to the ball a little bit. Um, we saw Jared Goff even do it with the Rams. We saw Matthew Stafford do it with the Rams. So, uh, I mean, we've seen Tom Brady do it, Drew Brees. Uh, some guys, I mean, Peyton Manning, his was a little bit different. He would run that long, you know, handoff and create a secondary uh, pocket for himself by rolling out. So I don't know where, where Kirk Cousins' niche is going to be, what, what he's going to be in this offense. Uh, but eventually they got to figure it out. Like he's got to – the rubber's going to meet the roll real soon. This might be the week where he's either got to, you know, stand up tall in the pocket, take a hit, or do what he did last week, which is get rid of the ball before he feels like anybody's even coming. So uh, it's a little cause for concern because I think some of the late developing routes, uh, like the throw to Adam Thielen where Avante Maddox picked it off, throws a little bit sooner. It's probably a catch. Avante doesn't have time to react. So Kirk Cousins just has to trust his guys are going to get to the spot and get rid of the ball a little sooner. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on whether or not you see a loss on the Gophers' schedule. I mean, what, 42 points per game uh, point differential? But uh, also just like uh, obviously with the Vikings, um, 
what what do you think the ideal Vikings offense looks like? Uh, well, as far as the loss for the Gophers, honestly, no, it's it's tough right now. This Michigan State is going to really tell us what this team's about. Uh, the early non-conference stuff, the thing about the teams they play, they weren't good at all. Um, yeah. But this offensive line is really good. John Michael Schmitz, the center, is one of the best centers in uh, college football. Uh, you got Quinn Carroll, who uh, just transferred from Notre Dame. He should have been a gopher from the start. I don't know why kids do that and go play somewhere else and don't play. Uh, but he's come back home, and he's getting a chance to start at, at tackle. Uh, he's looking good. So uh, when you look at this, 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 this offensive line, this team, Mo Ibrahim is the, one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, we know that he's, I think, almost, almost 500 yards rushing. And he's uh, leading the nation or second in the nation in rushing. So uh, Michigan State, it depends if they can stop the run. Washington showed us what they can do, which is they couldn't stop a nosebleed if you threw the ball. And uh, so if, if Chris Hartman bails out, it's up to Dalen Wright and who else is going to step up. So, no, I don't see an immediate loss. But if there is one, it's Michigan State after that. I think they can roll it out uh, until they get to Iowa, Wisconsin. Uh, as far as the Vikings offense, I mean, I think it is what it is. I think we, we see what it is. But any offense like this, when it's predicated on quarterback play, because the Rams felt that way. They felt like, look, we have a good offense, but Jared Goff's not getting it done. So they trade him for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford comes in and wins the Super Bowl in year one, year two. It's not looking so hot right now. Um, this is where I go with that. If Kirk Cousins can let go, I always joke about Hoodie Mello. When Carmelo put on that hoodie in the gym, he was lights out. At some point, Kirk's got to put on a hoodie and just warm up like Eminem. Uh, you know, like, you know, getting ready to, to freestyle battle in the shelter versus Papa Doc. Like, Kirk Cousins so has to, to let that. go. Uh, he has to put a hoodie on. He has to be hoodie Kirk and just have fun. Let go. Like, like be a different guy. And that's what Carmelo became. Carmelo became hoodie mellow because when he put that hoodie on, he was lights out in the gym. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know if somebody can loan Kirk a hoodie. I don't know if uh, I'm going to Kirk all what happened to that? hoodie. Yeah, the zero. Uh, I don't think that's Kirk. Too far, too far. That ain't Kirk. Way too, too far. Too much. Too far. But he can get a hoodie on. I think he can put a hoodie on and he can become a different guy. But he's got to have that mentality. Like he's got to have that 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 mentality. Like he just smoked a joint, had a shot of whiskey, and he's relaxed. Like he's got to relax, and that's I think that's part of it. I would love to Has see. Has he ever done either desert. of those things? Hey, get him out to the uh, desert with Aaron Rodgers and do some ayahuasca. You should smoke a joint. What do you think, Kirk? I yeah, (laughs) pop a pill or something. Yeah, make a legal marijuana pill. It's legal in Chicago. It's legal in Colorado. Just go do not a drug. Not a drug. (laughs) Get him out to the desert. Someone call Shailene. (laughs) Shailene. He is not divergent. We figured that out. <laughs> so there's a lot of young players in the Vikings locker room right now that just kind of got punched in the mouth for the first time. That's a real frustrating loss, and that's a bad thing. Adam Thielen had a quote about, hey, it's nice. You know, the coaches aren't yelling at us this time. Different culture. And I was wondering if you had any insight on, like, what you preferred after that kind of game. Um would you prefer a coach that really holds your feet to the fire, holds you to account, really pushes you like that? Because I don't know a lot of players like that. Uh, or would you rather something a little more laid back, like the culture they have now? And also, like, what would you tell young players that are so, you know, guys that come from, somebody comes from Ohio State, used to winning all the time, 
gets their teeth kicked in like that, maybe isn't as used to it. What would you, what kind of thing would you have to say? Uh, I, I think PJ Flex said it best. You know, he was a sixth grade teacher or something like that. And he said, you know, when you're teaching football players, you have to treat it like a classroom. Every kid <clears throat> learns differently. Like some kids take to like you joking with them. Some kids can't handle it. Some kids can take a little uh, feisty pushback. Some kids can't take it. So these coaches have to take, I mean, this is their first year. So they've got to learn how these players react to what they do. And so I think yelling is probably not the best way to get and create and build like a relationship with your players. Like if you just getting in the door, you've been here for two, three months, whatever it is, four months uh, after your first, you know, advert, you know, sign of adversity. If you just start going off like you MF, you this, blah, blah, you guys aren't this. I don't know if you can get to that. Like in varsity blues, I'm pretty sure uh, coach, you know, wasn't like that when he first started off. Like I'm pretty sure, you know, after his first state, you know, or whatever, he was super nice. He earned that right to be an absolute butthole. Uh, but then eventually he got fired for trying to, you know, put, you know, shoot up dude's knees and put Billy Bob back out there with a concussion. Uh, but, you know, when you're when you're trying to understand your team, you got to figure out what's going to motivate them. And so I think this is just their first step. OK, we lost. Here's adversity. Let's try it this way. Let's see how they respond this week of practice. Let's see how they respond against the Lions. Now, if they come out flat against the Lions and they lay an egg, then maybe he does MF them. Maybe he's like, you know what? Okay, I tried to be the nice parent. Doesn't work. Good cop, good cop, bad cop. He's going to be both. I was good cop one week. Now I'm going to be bad cop this week and see what happens. Because then if they, you know, after bad cop, they go, you know, and they actually destroy the next team, then maybe he's like, you know what? You guys might need a little bit of, you know, fire lit under your butts. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And sometimes as a kid, you know, this like if, if, if you do something to disappoint your parents and they don't yell at you, uh, they just kind of give you that disappointed look that sometimes hurts worse. Like it, it hurts worse because you're like, man, I really let them down. And so maybe they're, you know, they're trying to use a little psychology on these players and say, look, we're in this together, man. We're, we're just as disappointed as you guys. Uh, you're grown men. Like you're getting paid a lot of money. This is your job. Let's see what you do next week against the Lions. And then we'll 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 debate and decide on how we go about it next time. But defense alignment, I think you can curse out any defense alignment and linebacker. I think they'll be fine. Some of them. Uh, I think receivers and quarterbacks, offensive line, you can't really you can't really do that with them. Like defense line, they're they're absolute like they eat raw meat. So I think you can you can curse out your defense line. Defense line coaches and linebackers coaches are a little bit different than receivers and quarterbacks coaches. So you gotta you gotta play that too. So maybe Adam got the nice, and the defensive guys got the crazy. But we'll you know we'll never know until the rest of the players start to speak up about what their week looked like. I've got a feeling that Chris Rump, the new defensive line coach, is uh, is not all like uh, daisies and rainbows in the meeting room. Ron Johnson, you'll be on the round table tomorrow. We'll get more into this Lions Vikings game. Uh, looking forward to that with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. At 3RonJohnson on Twitter, The Ron Johnson Show. Thanks a lot for joining us, Ron. No, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. Always appreciate those segments with Ron Johnson. That roundtable will go drop on Friday morning on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Make sure to subscribe. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts or right here on YouTube. Let's gamble, gentlemen. These are the standings after last week. Inman. Went one and one, two and two overall. You are our leader, Luke Inman. And you're leading, though you have lost money from the original $1,000 bankroll. You're down to 934 and change. 
Luke Braun with the 2-0 week. You climb into second at 9-13. I went 0-2. I remain in third place at 8-22. Arif Hassan, 0-2 in last with 7-64. I lost so, big, too. From, big. From the lead, collapsed like a Falcons team. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Uh, $300 max bet this week, Mythical Dollars. We're making one pick against the spread and then one over under. It's my turn to start in the rotation. And I get my pick of the litter here. I'm going to go with Baltimore. Um, yeah. Just because they blew a massive fourth quarter lead against the Dolphins. They're still up 35-14 in that game. And they still destroyed the Jets. Um, I'm not bought into the New England Patriots just yet. So I'm going to take the Ravens minus three on the road at minus 110. And I'm going to put one hundo on it and next would be luke inman well i teased it at the beginning of the show smash that over vikings what's it at now 52 52 and a half can anybody confirm 52 that and a half. 52 and a half it looks like over is at minus 115 mm -hmm. lions have averaged 34 and a half points in their last six games uh their defense though just Horrible. I think they rank 31st and 30th in points for and yards against. Perfect little game for the Vikings to come back home, get their confidence going. Uh, I think this one's a shootout for sure. Uh, give me – what's the max bet, Sam? 300 with a minimum of 30. Oh, okay, get give it. Me 200 bucks on, give me 200 bucks on that over. 200 on the over. He's playing with house money. He's the leader. Um, next up, Arif Hassan. Um, pretty sad that you took the Ravens, especially because uh, the odds were so good. Um, I uh, I'm gonna take the Buffalo Bills minus six against Miami. I don't mm. quite believe in uh, in in Tua Tagovailoa quite yet. He could still prove me wrong. Um, but even if I did believe in them, the Buffalo Bills are just so overwhelmingly good. They don't even have to blitz. They they send four at like I think one of the highest rates in the league and still get pressure. They're incredible. It's so nice to have like four pro bowlers on your defense at the same time playing at an all pro level. Um so yeah, the Bills are really good. I'm gonna take them minus six. How much? Minus one of seven, and I'm going to bet two hundred dollars. I need to I need to get back in it. Okay, Luke Braun, you're next. All right, I get to, to double back here. Um, I'm going to short the market here uh, in a couple of ways because these lines have moved a lot over the week. First, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Green Bay Packers started as uh, the Buccaneers being favored by a little bit, and it has just trickled and trickled. It also opened at like 46 and a half, and now the over-under is way too far for me to want to take it. It's down to 41 and a half. Yeah, so I am going... It has dropped a lot, and so has the it's market's faith in the Buccaneers. Points? I think it's gone too far. Yeah, they wow. hammered. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a game drop like that in four days. I, part wow. of that was Mike Evans getting suspended, but okay. I still, I'm gonna Beautiful. take. I don't like any of these over unders, so I'm gonna be really conservative, or any of these spreads. So I'm gonna be conservative here. I'm gonna take Tampa Bay in a pick'em at minus one eighteen for fifty. And then the other thing that has gone way down right now, uh, Sunday night football, 
Giants Cowboys is all the way to over under 39 points. I don't think that's going to be a lot of points, but 39 is real low. So I'm going to take over 39 and I'll put 100 on that in Cowboys Giants at minus 110. What are the odds? What are the odds? Minus 110. Okay. Yep. Very good. Arif Hassan. Uh, you should also note, Luke, that Donovan Smith did not practice. Chris Godwin did not practice. Brashad okay. Perriman was a limited participant. Julio did not practice. There's a lot Ooh. of reasons these odds move. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> and five points Tom, for, yeah. for something to drop five points. And Tom Brady is not playing all that well. Anyway, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to interfere nope. with Luke's bad bet, so I waited until after <laughs> he had locked it in. Um, so I've got over-unders now. <laughs> and uh there's there's a bunch that i like but uh nothing invigorates me more than being a hater so i'll take the under on las vegas at tennessee 45.5 at minus 108 uh and i'll put 150 dollars on that i am hating on both Derek carr and ryan Tannehill. ryan Tannehill, he who got benched Derek carr who can't seem to figure out what the offense is without john gruden whispering into his ear to throw it deep so uh, despite the fact that both teams have remarkable players uh, across their skill position units, they cannot seem to coordinate an offense uh, out of their own way. Uh, and uh, and I, I, just, I just love that about them. So uh, hopefully we see a six and three game and we spark up a new round of narratives. Just a, a really fun bet. Fun bet there, Arif. All right, Luke yeah. Inman. All right, well, the only one I really liked was the Bills minus six. Miami coming off that huge, high emotional win. Usually you come back, you're a little deflated. Um, I'm going to go back to that Raiders-Titans game. Both teams 0-2. I look at both head coaches here. I lean Mike Vrabel over Josh McDaniels. I don't think the Titans go 0-3 at home. They're getting two and a half points. Raiders maybe one of the worst offensive lines in the entire league. I'll take the two and a half points points as home dogs yeah for the titans and um i said last week even though i'm not super confident in this one i said last week i wasn't going to switch up the value of my bets so i'm going to go 200 on the titans plus two and a half and that looks like it's at plus 108 nope i'm sorry plus it's at minus 110 minus 110 how do you confuse those two got it bet online that he was trying to get a little trying to get a little juice um, all right, last one. It's me. <laughs> I'm gonna here. go Chiefs Colts over because I think the Chiefs are really good at scoring points, and the Colts are going to have a bounce back at home for scoring points. So, over 50 and a half Chiefs and Colts minus 110. And that is Perhaps a tough one. I think that. the Chiefs are very good at scoring points. That part I agree with. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, I need to do a dollar amount. One hundred and three dollars. Get get some odd get some odd totals in there. So before we sign off, I would love to get one statistical prediction and one final score prediction for Sunday's game. So let's go around the horn. Inman. I think there's a lot of points scored in this one. Like I said, I think the Vikings don't cover that six-point spread, but they win this one by 334-31. I think Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne bounce back in a big way. They combine for over 10 catch, double-digit catches combined and uh, 150 yards, over 150 yards. Uh, it's Solid. interesting. I was choosing a very similar statistical 
Um, it's a man coverage team. They do like to blitz. They've blitzed a lot in both games. I think the Vikings will just be better against the Blitz than they were against the Eagles. I think they'll figure that out. Um, so uh, Justin Jefferson over 150 yards. So that's why I was like very interested in, in Luke's bit. So yeah, maybe it's 300 yards. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, 150 yards for Justin Jefferson is my statistical prediction. As my numerical prediction, I think the Vikings both hit the over and beat the spread 35 to 28. It'll be a confusing game for setting the narratives. So just to cross over Thursday with Matt Derry, who's on the show uh, last time we did our score predictions, I kind of said, I'm, I'm with uh, Luke. I don't think they cover, um, but I do think they win. And the that all implies, I'm going 27-26. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I also agree with Arif. I think it's going to be, I, they'll be better against the Blitz. Kirk Cousins just fell apart against the Blitz. They'll be able to go back to the drawing board and fix that. I don't think that's a like a sustained issue. And if it is, yikes. Um, Boy. <laughs> but I do think that there's going to be a lot of blitz countering going on, which I think leads to a lot of running back receptions. So I'm going to do something crazy. CJ Ham, third in targets. Ooh. He will be third on the team in targets. As well, an outlet nice. receiver and also because of weirdness. I like that hot sure, take. I mean, that's, that's um, a spicy one. I think we're all just underestimating the bipolarity of Kirk Cousins. He's going to come in and have a perfect passer rating. It's going to come full circle. Goff did it to him in 18. Cousins is going to do it to Goff in 22. Perfect passer rating. Vikings win 36-12. I love that you're like, you're all underestimating Kirk, and Luke and I are like, yeah, he's got 300 passing yards, and we all predicted like uh, (laughs) like 30 points a game. And you're like, yeah, you all are really – throwing Kirk under the bus here. Luke yeah, went 34, Arif goes hey, Arif, 35. I'm going 36. 36. Well, <laughs> <laughs> two-point conversion action in there. Perfect passer rating, 36 points. I think that pushes to a 40. It's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be it's going to happen. Game. The final segment of every show is our party fouls. Let's run the animation. Bruce Arians, man, you're not the coach anymore. Stay out of the fracas on the sideline. You don't need to yell at guys. You don't need to get in the mix. I know your juices are flowing. You wish you were coaching again, but you're not. So just don't. Uh, so the last time I did a serious party foul, and everyone got really depressed. So I'm just going to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> um, another party foul for Nathaniel Hackett. Now, they did end up winning, so that helps. Um, but uh, I think the defector, uh, their headline nailed it perfectly. The concept of time has Nathaniel Hackett in a headlock. That's true. Not only do the Broncos <laughs> lead the league in delay of game penalties with four, right? They have twice turned possible field goals into not possible field goals because of these delay of game penalties. One of them a missed field goal. One of them, they just decided to punt it. Um, I believe that one was at the end of the uh, or at the beginning of the third quarter. Uh, they also lead the league in all penalties, period, um, by actually quite a good margin. It's it's feeling very like 2015 Raiders. Uh, figure your life out, man. Like, I know that the whole point of, of hiring Nathaniel Hackett was to lure Aaron Rodgers over in a trade and that didn't work out. So you had to settle for Russell Wilson, I guess. 
But like your job is still like head coach. You cannot just be an offensive coordinator. And I can't believe I'm saying that after having just watched Mike Zimmer coach a team for seven years, but he was much more of a head coach than Nathaniel Hackett is right now. This is ridiculous. You have a bevy of riches to work with. Be a head coach. Be better. Just be better with, uh, in general, will you? Be better. Come on. Stop talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Please. Be a head coach. I'm going to go with Ime Udoka getting suspended for like maybe a year or two. Oof. For well, who's having the party an affair with a... Is it on Udoka or on a uh, on suspension? <laughs> Good question. The guy who cheated on Neil Long. Buddy. That's personal, man. What are you I'm doing? Gonna... He pulled a Gerson Rosas. <laughs> it's I'm personal, a, but it also got him suspended for a whole year. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships, but just figure that yeah, out. That's but, fine. I mean, oof. I'll make fun of Aaron Rodgers' relationships, so I'm clearly working on a double standard here. But <laughs> that's fair. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers makes it so standards. easy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah the rules are easy. different for Come Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Yeah, but, uh, no but you yeah. know, maybe, maybe Neil Long is into that. I don't know, man. Oh, true. Yeah. That, that's the case. But then, yeah, yeah then you get the workplace power. But the, dynamic, the workplace dynamic so, stuff oops. is much more concerning to me. <laughs> Do we have any more party right. fouls out um, there? Luke? We got, we got what's Luke. that? Yeah, yeah. One more here. Wrap up. Has there been any bigger fall from a wide receiver over the past two years than what we've seen from Kenny Galladay? People argued this Thank guy you. was like a top 10 or 12 wide receiver when he became a free agent. What? He leaves Detroit, signs the big contract with New York as the big prized free agent mm. four years. 72 mil dude's getting paid 18 mil this season sunday he played two snaps not two catches two snaps day one the whole thing's just been an absolute dump dumpster fire he's now being benched for something called david sills not great party you know foul for sills? any fantasy yeah well obviously west virginia stud yeah 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 but you know just for this take sills. here come on uh, party foul for any fantasy owners out there who took Kenny Galladay. You can go ahead and just drop him right now. Cut your losses and just move on. David Sills famously recruited by colleges at the age of 13. Um, I believe it was 13. Jesus. To play quarterback. And then uh, you know, some injuries. Had to convert to receiver. Pretty good receiver. Yeah, all in all. Dang. Not bad. Worked out for him. So that was a show with shenanigans unmatched. Good job, gentlemen. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman, Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson of CARE 11. Luke Braun, Locked on Vikings, Locked on Vikings postcast, at Luke Braun NFL, Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network. It's free to read, at Arif Hassan NFL. And I'm Sam Axman of Locked on Sports Minnesota. Uh, get in our mentions on Twitter and comment on the YouTube video let us know what you think. What's your party foul for the week? Are the Vikings going to beat the Lions? Leave a comment and like the video on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Signing off until Monday, where we react to the Vikings' 36-12 win against the Lions. Until then, so long. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.